Welcome to a Horribly Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, where we delve into everything nerdy, from movies, books, comic books, the paranormal, action figures, giant monsters, all of the above. So what I basically wanted to do was create a podcast about everything I love. So the format of this podcast is we will delve into a movie, give you the synopsis of the movie, uh, kind of not necessarily go scene by scene, but a majority of the plot. So yes, there will be spoilers. So please be prepared for that. Um, and then I would probably like to talk about some video game stuff, uh, maybe recommend a book, definitely talk about some paranormal stuff, anything and everything that comes to my brain will pretty much just be rambling sentences and on and on and on. So be also prepared for that because we're going to go off into tangents. There's going to be long pauses. I'm trying to do at least a bit of editing as possible because I want this to be organic, but there's quite a bit of dead silence. So I have edited that out. You will see, uh, well, you'll, you'll see, ha, you'll hear uh, probably some splicing then and there. My voice will be up and down. So, yeah. Um, also, as I recorded the synopsis of the movie we're talking about today, I have a feeling I might have to tweak this format. Uh, let me know what you think. I really went into detail on the story, and I feel like I went into too much detail, but please let me know what you think. If I need more, if I need less, or if you, you know, if that's, if it's fine the way it is, Please let me know. Oh, jeez. Oh, Jesus. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Who wants to go skinny dipping? We got your friend! They captured Allison! Pancakes! You hate pancakes! I'm, I'm gonna make you something else! What am I doing here? Fell into the water. Uh, dove in and rescued you. We'll go find your friends. You should relax. Tucker and Dale are on the case. What is this place? It's just a cabin. It's a real psychic killers. Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? Alright. Maybe I will. I said maybe. Dale? What are you doing? I'm digging a crapper hole. You mind if I help? He's making her dig her own grave. There's no rules out here. It's us against them. Whoa! Oh, good looking friends are here. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell. This is a suicide pack. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Oh, kill, 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 kill. The girl that we have, she can maybe explain the whole thing. You've got another one inside. Oh, she's in my bedroom. <laughs> Take the safety off on the side there. Don't do that. Start being more careful. Don't use that. 
Let's get you down from there. Wait. Sorry about that. This vacation sucks. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is a 2010 horror comedy written and directed by Eli Craig and written by Morgan Jurgensen. Starring Tyler Labine, Alan Tudiak, Katrina Bowden, and Jesse Moss. Labine and Tudiak play a pair of well-meaning hillbillies who are mistaken for killers by a group of clueless college students. And boy, do mishaps occur. Uh, the film premiered at the 2010 Sundance Film Festival and received a limited release in the United States. And boy was it limited, because on a $5 million budget, the domestic box office gross was a total of $223,000, while the foreign gross did add up to about $4.5 million, it still didn't even break its $5 million budget. But it has gotten a 7 out of 10, and according to Rotten Tomatoes, a score of 83%. So... I don't understand why we haven't seen a sequel. I know that it didn't make box office money, but it has become a cult classic. So, what is Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Well, Allison, Chad, Chloe, Chuck, Jason, Naomi, Todd, Mitch, and Mike are college kids going camping in West Virginia. Why are all these movies take place in, like, West Virginia? Like, what the fuck did West Virginia do to anybody? I don't understand it, but uh, moving on. While at a gas station, they encounter Tucker and Dale, two well-meaning hillbillies who have just bought the vacation home of their dreams, a run-down lakefront cabin deep in the woods. On Tucker's advice, Dale tries to talk to Allison, but because of his lack of confidence and inferiority complex and appearance, well, he only scares her and her friends away. On the way to the cabin that Tucker has recently bought, they are pulled over by Sheriff Gurr, who warns them of the dangers of the area and to get out of that cabin. Tucker and Dale arrive at the decrepit cabin and begin repairing it. Nearby in the woods, where the college kids are staying, Chad tells a story about the Memorial Day Massacre, a hillbilly attack which took place almost 20 years ago. The college kids then go skinny dipping where Tucker and Dale are fishing and accidentally startle Allison as she's undressing who hits her head and doesn't come back up from the water. So Tucker and Dale row over, save her from drowning, but of course what do her friends see? Well, they're kidnapping Allison. The next day when Allison wakes up in Tucker in Dale's cabin, she is initially frightened by Dale who is just bringing her breakfast but thankfully she sees the errors of her way. Uh, the other college kids arrive at the cabin to save Allison from their quote-unquote psycho hillbillies. Uh, meanwhile, Chuck runs away to get to the police. While Dale and Allison are inside the cabin, Tucker angers some bees by accidentally sawing into a beehive and frantically runs around waving his chainsaw a la Texas chainsaw massacre the kids interpret this as well we're, he's gonna kill us and they scatter through the woods where mitch accidentally impales himself on a broken tree limb killing himself after finding mitch's body 
Chad convinces the others that they are in fact psycho hillbillies who have kidnapped Allison are now going to start picking them off one by one. Allison's friends then follow Tucker and Dale back to their cabin and see Allison helping out with the construction of a house, but of course the college kids assume she's being made to dig her own grave. So the college kids attack, but Todd and Mike wind up accidentally killing themselves, one through impalement and the other one through a wood chipper. Allison, of course, is knocked unconscious once again and doesn't see any of this. The other kids assume the hillbillies killed the two when they see Tucker trying to save Mike from the wood chipper, but in reality, it looks like he's shoving the poor kid into the wood chipper. Tucker and Dale, of course, are now convinced that it's a suicide pact and these kids are going to start killing themselves all over Tucker's property. So now, uh, Truck finally arrives back with Sherry Gurr, who expresses doubt over Tucker and Dale's suicide pact theory, to which the sheriff goes inside the cabin and, well, accidentally kills himself from a loose beam. Then Chuck accidentally kills himself because the idiot takes the sheriff's gun, tries to shoot Tucker and Dale. Dale responds by the, hey, you got to turn the safety off. And Chuck turns the gun on himself, turns the safety off, pulls the trigger, and blows his head off. These college kids are fucking stupid. <laughs> Chad then reappears, grabs the gun, attempts to shoot them, but only manages to capture poor Tucker, whom he ties upside down, tortures Tucker, and cuts off two of his fingers. Matter of fact, they cut off his bowling fingers. He sends them with a message to Dale to come and get Tucker. Dale leaves to rescue Tucker while Chad and Naomi return to the cabin to save Allison, where Allison explains... It's all been a huge mistake, and they accuse her of having Stockholm Syndrome. Tucker and Dale return, in which Allison attempts to lead a calm discussion and they can talk things out. But Chad says his grandmother told him that his father was killed in the Memorial Day Massacre, and his mother was the lone survivor. So, all hillbillies must die, apparently. Jason and Chloe break in to save everyone. A fire breaks out. Tucker, Dale, and Allison escape. Meanwhile, Naomi, Chloe, and Jason are all killed. And Chad, who is now apparently insane, scarred from the fire, vows revenge. After they crash their truck, an injured Tucker tells Dale that Chad has taken Allison to the old sawmill. At the sawmill, Chad ties up Allison, forcibly kisses her, ew, gross, Dale arrives, rescue Allison, and the two barricade themselves in an upstairs office where they discover newspaper clippings revealing that Chad's father is actually one of the hillbillies that participated in the Memorial Day Massacre and raped his mother. So, when they tell Chad this, he becomes enraged, and Dale stops his attack by throwing a box of chamomile teal at Chad, giving him an asthma attack. Chad, standing near a window, convulses and falls to his death. The police and a news crew arrive late at the cabin and broadcast a news report stating that the deaths appear to be a result of a suicide pack and a deranged killer who was in fact Chad who has survived the fall and is now 
apparently out there to seek revenge. Tucker watches this report on the news while recovering in the hospital, and he's so drugged up he doesn't even realize what's going on. Dale enters, they discuss Tucker's recovery, and he shows them that they reattached his fingers, but one of them uh, is painted and is girly. So they reattached someone else's fingers. But hey, maybe they'll work in the future. We don't know. Then the then Tucker finds out that Allison and Dale are going out on a date. And thus, our movie concludes. I love this movie. I thought it was hilarious. I went in this with no expectations whatsoever. I just knew Alan Tudyak was in this, and I am a giant Alan Tudyak fan. And I'm also a giant Tyler Labine fan, so I was super surprised to find out he was in it as well. And this movie blew me away. I could not believe how wonderfully, hilariously funny, gory, great this movie was. The acting is incredible. Tyler... Tyler, <clears throat> the acting is incredible. Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyak play their roles to a T. Fucking amazing. The college kids, the stereotypical college kids all playing their tropes and stereo, their horror stereotypes play it so well, it doesn't even bother you that they are that typical horror trope. Chad, once he goes insane is fucking insane and i love it and it's it's a great movie i highly recommend you check it out i give it an eight out of ten one of my favorites definitely one of my favorite halloween so one of the biggest reasons why i like tucker and dale versus evil because it takes that uh hicksploitation trope like you know the deliverance wrong turns all that kind of stuff where there's these psycho hillbillies and it flips it on its head where the quote-unquote psycho hillbillies even though they're just regular people are victims of the deranged rich kids basically and that's one thing like that that horror trope is just overly used and this pulls it off perfectly and it kind of to be honest it it stops all of that so it's after a film like that, if it was more mainstream, I think it would put a stop to all the quote unquote psycho hillbilly movies, which, yeah, they can be enjoyable and stuff, but again, it's just overused constantly. Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even though Texas Chainsaw Massacre was probably the one that pulled it off the best, in my opinion. But anyway, I digress. That's my opinion. Um, let me know what you guys think. I'd be. Let me know what you guys think. I'd be very curious to know if you if you've seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Let me know what you think. Give me your thoughts on it. I'd appreciate it. So that was our movie of the week down. So why don't we get into some paranormal stuff? We're gonna start that by talking about one of my favorite cryptids. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Abominable Snowman, whatever you want to call this cryptid. Let's get into it. So supposedly what a Bigfoot is normally and commonly known as an ape-like creature that inhabits the forests of North America, but it's also seen in Canada, many other places. I, I don't know why people 
mainly focus on the Pacific Northwest, which yeah, I get it. There's a ton of sightings there, but Bigfoot is there's some kind of Bigfoot creature or Bigfoot lore sighted in so many continents, countries, all that stuff. So I don't know why American. Well, I get it. We're Americans. We focus on the Pacific Northwest, but anyways. Uh, folklorists trace the phenomenon and lore of Bigfoot to a combination of factors and sources. Uh, they include the cultures of indigenous and Native American people across the continent. Uh, the European wild man has also been heard of quite a bit. And there's a ton of folk belief among loggers, miners, trappers, prospectors, all that kind of jazz. Um, well, we'll get into my theories about Bigfoot later, but I just kind of want to cover the main description of Bigfoot, and we'll get into possibly what Bigfoot could be. So, uh, thousands of people claim to see a Bigfoot, supposedly. Uh, they describe most common descriptions that it is a bipedal ape-like creature between six and nine feet tall, covered in black or dark brown or dark reddish hair. There's been even some that are just complete white. Some descriptions have the creature standing as tall as 10 to 15 feet. That's a big-ass Bigfoot. Um, most reportedly, a pungent, foul-smelling order is often associated with the creatures. And the face of Bigfoot is often described as human-like with a flat nose and visible lips. Uh, common descriptions include broad shoulders, really no visible neck there, and long, gangly arms. The eyes are commonly described as dark in color, but have been alleged to glow yellow or red at night. We'll get into my theories of why that is a little bit later. However, eye shine is not present in humans or any known great apes, so... Why does it shine? <laughs> so the earliest records, according to anthropologist David Daigling, Bigfoot legends existed long before there was a single name for the creature. These stories differed in their details both regionally and between families in the same community. Um, the Tule River Indian Reservation in California, petroglyphs created by a group of Yokuts at a site called Painted Rock are alleged by some to be a descript group of Bigfoot called the Family. Uh, the local tribespeople call the largest of the glyphs Hairy Man, and they are estimated to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. Ecologist Robert Pyle argues that most cultures have accounts of human-like giants in their folk history, expressing a need for some larger-than-life creature to keep the children and things in line. I don't think that's necessarily true. So... We have many, many supposed stories going back thousands of years. So, the origin of the Bigfoot name. In 1958, Jerry Crew, a logging company bulldozer, discovered a set of large 16-inch human-like footprints sunk deep within the woods, deep within the mud of the woods of the Six Rivers National Forest. Upon informing his co-workers, many claimed to have seen similar tracks on previous job sites, as well as telling of odd incidents, such as oil drums weighing up to 450 pounds being moved without explanation. The logging company men soon began utilizing the term Bigfoot to describe the mysterious culprit. Very interesting. 
about one-third of all claimed Bigfoot sightings are located in the Pacific Northwest. Again, I don't understand why there's such focus in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, most reports are considered mistakes or hoaxes, even by researchers who claim Bigfoot exists. But if you look at the famous Patterson-Gimlin footage and all that, there's so many, there's so much out there that we cannot debunk, that we can't prove as fake. So I don't know why a ton of these are claimed to be hoaxes. I don't get that. But I don't know. I'm not... I've been on a few Bigfoot hunts. I, I've heard some strange things. But I can't give an answer to why people are so quick to discount the theory or, or possibility that an ape-like creature exists. We, we're almost daily, it seems, we're finding creatures we didn't think existed or that we thought were extinct or that we didn't even know about. Look at the coelacanth. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Also, if you look at it, we have had a Bigfoot-like creature in history called the Gigantopithecus. And perhaps maybe these Gigantopithecus have not gone extinct. Possibly there is some small faction of them still alive out there, and that's what we're seeing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Patterson-Gimlin film, especially since the anniversary was on October 20th. Uh, it's most well known of a Levage Bigfoot Patterson-Gimlin film. It was recorded on October 20th, 1967 by Roger Patterson and Robert Bob Gimlin as they explored an area called Bluff Creek in Northern California. The about 60 second long video has become an iconic piece of Bigfoot lore and continues to be highly scrutinized, analyzed, and debated subject. Uh, they, a lot of people argue that there's no supportive data of any scientific value, but there was a group of scientists that really broke down that footage and claim that you can actually see the muscles move underneath the fur. Uh, I believe it was an episode of Monster Hunters or something like that I was watching, and it was like, holy sh shit, that's amazing. But yet, we continually discount this footage. And things like the Sierra sounds, those sounds are haunting. They have got to be some of the creepiest and craziest things I've ever heard. But yet we continually to discount that these things could possibly exist. I don't understand it. Now, what do I think Bigfoot is? Is Bigfoot a unknown creature that we have yet to discover? Is Bigfoot an alien? Is Bigfoot an interdimensional creature? I think, in a way, it's all of those things. I think, yes, we're discovering hidden creatures and creatures we thought we were, were extinct all the time. And I think one day we may discover a Bigfoot population. A lot of sightings claim to see some kind of green flash shortly before or after a Bigfoot sighting. That leads me to believe that it's quite possible that these ape-like creatures are interdimensional and able to travel from dimension to dimension, and that's that green flash we're seeing. 
I've also heard very strange reports of Bigfoots being seen in UFOs and flying saucers and all that kind of thing. And it's, it makes me, it's possible. It's entirely possible. But I kind, I myself kind of lean towards the whole interdimensional aspect. I think these creatures have a way of traversing alternate dimensions, parallel universes, all that kind of thing. I don't know why, but it just tends to stick out more to me that that's quite possibly what these creatures are. Um, again, the, this is just all my opinion. Please let me know what you think. Argue with me. You know, I'm always up for debates. I'm always up for talking. This is just all my opinions. If you disagree with me entirely, please let me know. Let's talk about this. That's mainly the reason why I want to I wanna bring these things up. Because I really want to get people to think. I want those brains turning. What could this be? What could that be? What is your possible explanation for this or that? I really want a discussion going. So that's kind of my thoughts on Bigfoot. Uh, I also, before we kind of really disappear on that, or disappear, what am I trying to say here? Before we just completely cut off the Bigfoot discussion, the idea of tulpas and aggregores have been brought up. And yeah, I, I believe that could be possible too. And if you're not sure what that is, a tulpa and aggregore is basically a thought form. It's something that has manifested from so many thoughts and has become real. We're going to get into thought forms and egregores and tulpas all probably in a couple of weeks. So if you're interested in finding out about that, please, please tune in. Uh, probably, in a, let's say about two or three weeks, I'm going to cover that. Um, I highly recommend do a lot of reading. Check out the Patterson-Gimlin footage. Look into the Sierra sounds. All crazy things. Hey everyone, Future Chris here. Um, I just realized I meant to actually insert the Sierra sounds here uh, that are supposedly recordings of a Sasquatch. So I'm going to play them for you now. Um, these are creepy, and just be prepared it's about four minutes long. I don't know if we'll do the four, full four minutes, but we'll just have to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, this is weird and creepy, but here we go. Thanks for night, Bill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
talking here is actually the filmmakers and they're kind of trying to repeat the sounds back to them to see if they get answers so anything you hear that's close to the mic that's uh, human beings Yeah, so there's there's more, but that's kind of the gist of the original Sierra sounds. It's uh, creepy, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, that is by Ron Moorhead and Al Berry. Again, these are supposed sounds. They're, you know, they've never really been uh, debunked or anything like that as far as I know, but these are uh, super creepy. Super creepy. But yeah, so that's Future Chris. Just wanted to put those in for you all so you could hear those. Um, so that's it on our discussion on Bigfoot. Now let's talk video games. So the video game I would like to discuss and bring up to you today is something that it's been out for a while, but I've just kind of looked into it myself because uh, it's along the lines of Until Dawn, and I loved Until Dawn, and then Man of Madon came out, and I thought that game was fucking terrible. I hated Man of Madon. I thought the controls were clunky. The storyline just fell flat. But a little hope is from the makers of Man of Madon and Until Dawn, but they do it a little bit better than Man of Madon. Uh, honestly, Until Dawn will always be my favorite. We're going to probably talk about Until Dawn next week, so 
If you're interested, tune in next week for that. But today it's about little hope. Abandoned and all alone, four college students and their teacher become stranded in an isolated town miles from anywhere after their bus crashes in bad weather. Trapped by a mysterious fog in the town of Little Hope, they search desperately for a means of escape whilst visions from the past haunt them from the shadows. So, basically this has a sort of time travel and Salem witch trial twist to this. It's very interesting. I thought the characters, they, they delve into the characters pretty well. It was well written. Uh, there are a few different endings. Again, it's one of those games where it depends on your actions, what you do, the choices you make, so you have to be very careful. Uh, a lot of the times, I kept making the wrong mistake and killing off all my characters, so that sucked. <laughs> but the ending, I was surprised. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. I felt it was better than Man of Medan, Madan, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I feel like that, the Man of Madan ending just fell flat. It didn't work for me. This one did a little bit better. Uh, it kind of... While it explains everything, it, it does kind of leave it, in my opinion, ambiguous, ambiguously, depending on the ending that you get. So that being said, I give a little hope. I'm going to give it three controllers out of five. It's very short. It, it took me about six hours to beat the game, which isn't bad. I do like a short game uh, compared to some of the other games I played recently that I've it's taken me months to be, it seems like. But I recommend A Little Hope, especially if you enjoyed Until Dawn. A Little Hope, it's not as good, but it's still a lot of fun to play. It scared the crap out of me so many freaking times. Check it out. If you have played it, let me know what you think. And there is a secret trailer if you collect the right things you get the secret trailer for house of ashes even though it's out now i believe and house of ashes looks phenomenal so we might have to look into that pretty soon too thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of a horribly nerdy podcast i re-listened to it i know it needs work Please don't judge me too harshly. I've never done anything like this before. And of course, I'm, my, I'm probably my own worst critic because I think everything I do is terrible. So, hey. But anyways, I digress. Uh, if you have any kind of feedback, please do let me know what you think, what I need to work on, what I need to tweak. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, uh, the video game we're going to be talking about is Until Dawn. We're going to go over some more paranormal stuff. I'm thinking we might throw in some UFO reports in because I've been uh, doing some UFO research and there's been a little bit of an uptick in sightings. So figured you guys might want to hear about that. And the movie we're going to be talking about is undecided yet. So catch my social medias. I'll have them all in the uh, show notes because I'm debating between three movies right now. I'm debating between The Beyond Evil Dead 2, and Extro. So we'll have to see what I decide on. All the movies will eventually be covered, but right now I'm just kind of... may have to do an audible here. I'm not sure. But again, thank you so much for tuning in. 
and we'll see you next time.